Hey, what's up, everybody? It's uh, Eric and Mike back here for Bible and Banter. It is our first uh, episode in, I think, a month. It feels like it's been years, but I I don't remember when our last uh, show was, Mike, but it was quite a while ago. Yeah. What was it? Uh, end of March, early April? Uh, no, it was definitely like, it might have been mid-March, so it's probably been a uh, month and a half. So that's, uh, yeah, man. So what's, uh, what have you been up to last month and a half? Uh, trying to survive. <laughs> survive what? Did you have vacation last week? Yes. Uh, no, just, really, it was just getting ramped up for Easter and also vacation because you have to prepare for vacations and just, uh, yeah. Also, uh, baseball and stuff has started for our children. So I volunteered to uh, coach my kids' t-ball team and then the my middle son's rookie team. Um, so yeah, yeah. Well, that's exciting. Uh, well, t-ball, uh, that's, that's, that that can be rough. It's hurting cats, but you know, you just, yeah, it is what it is, but making memories for the kids, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I never did t-ball, man. Like I started off like right after Mm t-ball. Um, I don't know if I would have had the patience as a kid for (laughs) t-ball. It's uh, it it's tough. I just tried to bring our four year old outside to have him hit the ball, and he does well with the tee. But uh, getting them to just stand in the proper position is difficult, um, and okay. to stay there and to stay there until the ball is tossed to them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So so that's new. Uh, well, I moved. I moved in the last month. So we we moved um, the last couple of days in in March, and so we're back in uh, Oxford, Massachusetts, man. So it's and been so, uh, it's been a journey. And so that's the book. Those are the bookcases you chose. Yeah. So it was a choice. Uh, <laughs> so the bookcases <laughs> that are behind me. They're actually meant to be like garage sh- shelves. Mm-hmm. So they're wire bookcases. They're really sturdy. Yep. Uh, I got two of them. But they're so wide, like this way. They're so deep that I actually can go on the other side of them. Oh, so like I'll, a library. So it's yeah, like a man. Library. So so wait, watch this. Watch this. <laughs> can you see me? I can see you. Yeah, yeah. You look better yeah. from that far away. <laughs> I bet I do. So <laughs> so on the other side of this, I got a couple of couches so that uh, people can come hang out and hopefully study the Bible together, smoke some cigars or whatnot. And um, so I've got a pretty dope office now, man. I like it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I have, I have uh, wire shelves similar to that shorter, like lower, like not as high uh-huh. uh, in our basement. I'm in my basement. <laughs> so look at that. So yeah, yeah. So I actually I get a space heater right next to me, man. So like my torso is cold, but like everything below my hips is super warm right now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, man, we've had so many unexpected things like happen with the house. So um like we walked in and and we knew that there was gonna be a lot of stuff in the house because we hadn't cleaned it out since my mom died. Uh, but we essentially took like two weeks 
of cleaning out the house and then moving our own stuff in simultaneously. Robin cleans like a boss, man. I mean, she goes to town. Um, like the first thing she did, she she got she got here uh, like early to mid afternoon and had the whole place cleaned within five hours. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like she killed it, and um, so we had that, and then we've had, but that's that cost us a couple of grand to like have stuff shipped out, like to have someone come in and remove a bunch of stuff. We uh we found out our chimney, like the firebox within our fireplace, wasn't built correctly. It's going to cost us almost ten thousand dollars to fix, or get a wood stove, which will correct it. So we're, we're probably going to do the wood stove, um, so we can heat the house with it next year. Um, yeah, man, it's like so. So there've been things that we've come across, and we're like, man, this is going to cost us more money than we anticipated. But then other things that's going to cost us probably less money. So hopefully it evens out. So we've got lots of projects. We've got to put new windows on. Um, probably put two wood stoves in. Uh, one one upstairs and then one in the basement. And then uh, we've got to redo a kit. Like our kitchen has no cabinets, hardly hardly any. There's no counter space or hardly any counter space. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's there's lots of work we need to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Home ownership. Yeah, yeah, in a home that like the last several homes we've had have been new new construction homes or apartments and whatnot, so we didn't have to worry about these things right. too much. This was my childhood home, so it's like when when so like last night. <laughs> so so one like the the whole chimney thing, the the chimney sweep that came was like, or he said. Uh, you know, the, the fireplace that you have in the chip, like he's like, they did an okay job, but you can tell that it was done by something who does chimneys, but that's not their trade. Like their trade is something different, but they know how to do it. And, and but you can just tell the difference. Um, so, but that's kind of the story of like a bunch of different things that were done to our house too. So like the, uh, there was a wood stove put in the basement and it wasn't put in by a professional and you can just tell like, there's some some issues with it. So last night, Jackson in his room, a a light bulb exploded. So Robin <laughs> goes, "Do you even think that the house was like? You think a real electrician did this house?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, yeah, I I do." But uh, now I'm starting to think about it and go, "Well, maybe not." <laughs> you know? But uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel, I, f- I feel you. We have an old house, and uh, and the updates that happened to it before we came around, we we always ask like, man, if you cut a corner, whoever did it in our house, did the stuff in our house, cut corners and just wanted to look nice, mm-hmm. but didn't worry about doing it necessarily properly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I feel you. So will you heat your house exclusively with wood, or will these just, just be kind of supplemental i think primarily with wood okay um so my goal is while my son is still at home he's only 10 so i have eight years uh, we're gonna chop down as many trees and chop as much wood that will last me until i die that's my goal on your own own property 
No, no, no. Well, oh, okay. There's some trees that need to come down. So yeah. I'll actually probably get like a tree guy because uh, some of the trees are pretty close to our house. So it's not something that I would trust someone who doesn't like have mm-hmm. insurance. Um, and to be honest, I'm not a chainsaw guy. It might look like it with the big beard. Uh, <laughs> but, I'm, you know, I'm not a guy who chops down trees very often. So um, or at all. So we'll probably bring someone in to, to do that. And then we'll just take care of splitting the wood and then stacking it. So I think we probably have enough trees to last us the next few years. And then, you know, at, we'll probably get some more wood to supplement it so that we have it seasoned just in case. But also if wood prices go up, you know, as far as firewood, mm-hmm. we'll have it. Our, you know, we got plenty of, we got, a, we got about an acre, which isn't a ton of land, but it's enough where like we can have spots on the property that will store wood. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah, man. So it'll be probably the primary, but we'll, we still have oil. Um, and hopefully we'll just cut down on, on the use of oil. So mm-hmm. we'll, see. we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. And then I gave my first presentation about the church plant this past weekend. That's awesome. I'm so proud yeah. of you. Thanks. Thank- I almost called you baby. Like, like that, like we're sweethearts. Uh, thanks baby. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we did that, man. And, uh, the, so we officially, we, we decided like it was time to finally pull the trigger on a name, on a church name. Um, because like we're asking people where I'm now presenting, I can't just say, Hey, this is church X, right? Like, it's just not going to flow as well. So we bet you were part of the decision-making process, Mike. I, I asked you, I asked a few other, I asked probably like maybe 15, 20 people what their thoughts were with some mixed reviews. Uh, initially, we're going to go with Doxa Mission Church. Doxa, of course, meaning uh, glory or glory of God in in, in context. Um, but for some people, it really turned them off. And I was like, yeah, that's not really my goal. Refuge was a name that we batted around, and it's the one we decided on. A lot of people liked the name Refuge, but there were a couple people. It was a minority, but there were a couple who were like, it's, it makes me think of refugees. But then as I thought about it, I was like, man, but we are refugees. That's yes. exactly the point. When you we told are. me that, that people had that as a criticism, yeah. I, was like, I was like, dude, then you need to do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we are refugees. We're sojourners. So um, Nathaniel shares he was unhelpful in that process. I can tell you with a with a high level of certainty, Nathaniel was the worst person when it came to trying to help, help in this process. So um, thank you, Nathaniel. We all need a Nathaniel. Hi, Eddie. Eddie is, is waving to us. So Eddie's a, a church member down at Hickory Grove, the church I just left. So uh, a beloved, beloved brother in the Lord. So, so yeah, man, uh, refuge church. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's, you can actually, um, I've got a website up and running. I've shared it uh, a few times, but I'm actually buying a new domain name that will reflect the new name of the church. Um, some things are not yet active on that website just because we haven't like set up bank accounts and, and all that stuff. So, uh, we're working towards that, but yeah, man, we're stoked. We're excited. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I love to hear it. Yeah, so and then I'm preaching this weekend. Oh, where are you preaching? Rockland Community Church. Wow, they must be hurting for um, pulpit supply. Would you? So you know, <laughs> you know whose church that is, right? 
That's Mr. Logry's church, right? That is Tom Logry's church. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, so it was North Situate, uh, North Situate, I believe, Advent Christian Church, but they decided to change the name. Um, and I think that as time goes on, and probably some uh, more uh, progressive, like thinking towards the future-minded folks, we're going to see name changes in a lot of our Advent Christian churches because it's just it's an unhelpful title, um, Advent, you know, just because because it's so easily like conflates into seventh day Adventists. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of the thing. Most, most churches aren't necessarily including their denominational affiliation in their name. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, that started in the nineties and, it, and to be quite honest, it's been fought so tooth and nail in churches all over because I, I, I've got my strong opinions that all that um, certain sectors of society would, would hate me for, but um yeah no i agree with you i mean i just a church right here in water waterville uh it's a larger church and they used to be evangelical free church Mm -hmm. faith evangelical free now they're just faith church Mm -hmm. Uh, they still have like an uh, you know a denomination of the evangelical free church is, is there but you know you don't have to put the whole mouthful to be faithful to yeah your convictions so yeah and i think and to be honest man i don't like if i were just a regular person looking for a church. I don't know that I would like if something said some say Southern Bat, you know, uh, first Southern Baptist Church. I'd be like, and eh, that they're probably too uh, too into their denominational identity. Um, and then the same thing could be for like an Advent Christian. Like I don't know that I would attend. But then again, like maybe I'm saying that as someone who who kind of knows a little bit just has scratched the surface on denomination because I, I wouldn't be turned off by a Lutheran church, but, the, right. but, but the reason I wouldn't be turned away from a Lutheran church is like, I know a little bit about Lutheranism. Right. So like, and I would say the same thing about a Presbyterian church, depending on, on what denomination for both of us, Presbyterian and Lutheran. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, man. Um, Cause I associate Advent Christian with Seventh Day Adventists, because we've we had those. Uh, there's actually a pretty, I think it's a lar- pretty large facility here in Oxford, uh, Seventh Day Adventist Church. Um, and all I knew growing up, I didn't know Jesus, but I knew Seventh Day Adventists were crazy. That's just that's just what I knew, right? And that's kind of stuck with me for into adulthood. So, yeah, I think it I think it would be unhelpful for for that. Um, Joanne says some of our older folks here make sure to add Evan Christian when they say our name, even though I was going to ask that. So you guys are Blessed Hope Church, right? Not Blessed Hope. No, Advent no. Uh, officially, we are Blessed Hope Advent Christian Church. Okay. Um, and I think that was kind of the the in between. Like officially in all our documentation, like our constitution, it'll say we are Blessed Hope Advent Christian Church, but we refer to ourselves as Blessed Hope Church. And so, yeah. Yeah, so, so and that kind of that kind of like makes me think, and I always have this conversation with with a few other guys. Is like, how many in your church are actually Advent Christians, right? So like, yeah. how many are actually dedicated to the theology or the ecclesiology or polity of the Advent Christian Church? Like, I know a lot of Baptists. They are like, listen, we're Baptists in our ecclesiology. That's like, there's a reason why we are Baptist. But then for others, they're only Baptists because they believe in in believers baptism but they could go to say an ev free church they could go to a non-denominational church so like i wonder how many people in your church my church or anyone like they're committed to being part of an advent christian 
Right, and I would say very few. And really, it's the old diehard Adam Christians that want to, and and I respect what they're trying to do and say, mm-hmm. you know, want to keep the Advent Christian in there because they, you know, I had a guy that moved and I encouraged him to find membership and become a member of another church. That, mm-hmm. And there wasn't an Advent Christian church. And he got real offended with me because he's like, oh, I'm always an Advent Christian, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, I just, I'm just not on that same train. I'm, I think your membership to church and Jesus Christ is more important than being affiliated with a certain denominational church back where you grew up or where you came from or whatever like that. I'm like, focus where you're settled, you know? Um, But uh, yeah, that type of stuff happens. And I think Josh is right that, Mm -hmm. you know, it was part of the trend. Um, So for example, for a while there, our checking account checks said just blessed hope church on them. But you know, then we, you know, in a discussion said, hey, we're ordering new checks. Should we make it Blessed Hope Advent Christian Church on our checks? And I'm like, sure, go ahead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fine. Like, I, I, you know, you know, maybe the next treasurer will not want to use that much ink and we can go back to it. It's just yeah. it, it's just not a hill that I think is entirely important. <laughs> yeah, I think. So I think it's only negative in, in probably two ways, right? Like I think it's negative for those who – I think it's negative for anyone. So it's really one way. It's only negative for those who are going to think negatively about the term Advent Christian because of our link to the Seventh-day Adventists. So like if we want to distance ourselves from, from, from those guys, what I like to call our crazy cousins, mm-hmm. then – yeah, it's to-, to me, it's worthwhile changing uh, that name. But if you really don't care, if you don't think it becomes an impediment to inviting someone to church or whatnot, then, hey, whatevs. I think it's like for people like me, it would be an impediment. Is that enough? I don't know. Do you want people like me? Mm-hmm. Probably not. But yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't shy away from like telling people who ask like, oh, so what's your denomination? I'll tell them all. Um, and have a Christian, and I'll say this is you know this is what that this is what that means. But I often, unfortunately, have to lead with a negative. Right? We're not Seventh Day Adventists, which yeah, sucks. I, that's been the name of the game. But I always find when having to explain who we are, just this glaze comes over people's eyes, and like it, it's really not that big a deal, like to them nowadays. Mm-hmm. D- you know denominational affiliation is not like political affiliation. Nobody really, Mm -hmm. not many people care about that these days. Unlike they do care. You're almost more defined by your your Christianity these days, by your political affiliation than your denominational affiliation. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. (laughs) Which is unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. It is very unfortunate. Yeah. I think in, in one of the challenges, even right, Mike, uh, I, I say, right. I don't know. You could disagree. Is like for me, I have a, a sense of wanting to be radically like transparent, but also like precise in what I say. So if someone says, well, what do ever Christians believe? I always have a really hard time saying that because like, because I actually had this conversation with, with, uh, with a professor, um, one of my church planting professors. So um, I, I have, by the end of this week, I will have completed three, um, three church planning classes at two different seminaries and in all three, when I've talked about our denomination have kind of like either done the physical eye roll or like digital 
viral. Like I can tell like in their correspondence to the email, like they're, they're sus, right? Like they're, like they're suspect of what I'm saying, but like, well, what the ever Christmas bleep? I don't know, man. It, lots of different things. Uh, you know, like, um, you know, so one of my, so some of the key things, like there are a lot of people ask, well, what, what are, what are our, what's our policy on our beliefs regarding, uh, men and women in ministry, can women be ordained? Can they be a lead pastor and stuff like that? Um, like they focus on some of those practical things, but honestly, those aren't the questions that we really need to dig into at this point, right? Like, cause we haven't moved past the basics. So like I, I was having a conversation uh, a few months ago with my uh, church planning professor over at Gordon Conwell. Uh, he took us out out to lunch. It was great. And, and we're just talking. I was talking to him about some of my own identity crisis and, and some of this other stuff. And I shared with him a conversation I had with a, a um, an organization, a church planting organization, which I think I shared on this show about like needing a tribe. And I said like, man, a lot of times I don't feel like I'm, I have a tribe. Uh, I just, I just don't like any tribe that I might feel like I have, like I'm probably more in the Presbyterian camp. And then, but I can't be accepted by the Presbyterian. So like, I, so I'm like in between, um, I'm too, I'm almost too committed to, too committed to theological precision for Advent Christians. But, um, but I'm, I'm not a Pado Baptist and I'm not a, and I'm in, in our views on, um, conditional mortality. I agree. So it's like, man, where do I belong? So, and then he starts unpacking, well, what's an Advent Christian, all this other stuff. And, he, and then we got to, you know, I shared about our whole ambiguity regarding the Trinity. And he's like, he, almost, he didn't say it, but he kind of gave me like the side eye of run. So, uh, so I don't know. It's been, it's been hard. It, it's hard. Uh, so I don't even know. I, I don't know that, I don't know that there's a lot of value in our, in our name because there's no real identity. Really, we're just kind of a missions organization, and and I'm and I'm happy, like I'm grateful for that, right? I'm grateful for all the all the folks who've um, who we work together with. So, yeah, and and for me, I I agree with needing a tribe, but uh, there there are days when I'm I really lean heavily on non denominationalism <laughs> because I'm like because it's very difficult to find that that fit regardless of where you go. There's no organization, no tribe that you're going to be completely 100% um, in line with. Um, you know, so because you're, either your boundaries are way too narrow, mm. but then when you start to open up those boundaries, where does it stop? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of where we are, is we have been so not narrow that the boundaries never stopped. One could say that we have open borders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> two open borders. Like I, here's the, here's the reality. I'm okay with open, and I'm going to share some of my liberal politics a little bit. I am to a degree with okay with open borders. Like people can come in across. You're talking the about theology, right? You're talking about. I'm no, I'm no, I'm talking. I'm I'm actually okay with open borders to a degree in our country as long as they go through the right checks and balances to cross our borders anybody can come in they just need to go through the right the right doorway and so uh 
like how do we go from open borders in the in, in you our said the word open borders <laughs> but but at the end of the day but at the end of the day even our denomination we don't bring this theologically we have open borders completely without no with no Zero real yeah, with yeah, no yeah. real checkpoint yeah it's almost like yeah. it's almost like uh <laughs> I can't say that. Um, I'm just trying to think of analogies, but every analogy I, I come up with would be incredibly offensive. So let's just move on. <laughs> um, dude, can we talk about Twitter here for a moment? Because, like, people are losing their minds on Twitter. Um, like, literally, if you – you know what Twitter is right now? You know that meme of, like, the – of I don't even know how to describe this person, but – it was a female with glasses, short blonde hair with the red hat on. And she's just screaming on election day back in 2016. And she's got like the scream and the tears and everyone kind of, you know, she's been turned into a meme. You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The, 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 like the epitome of a liberal. Yeah. That is literally everyone on Twitter right now, or at least like 70%. And I'm not someone who's like, Oh, Hashtag own the libs. I'm not someone who like, if you, if you examined my own political beliefs, I think that you would find disagree. Everybody would find disagreement with me. Like, like I'm, I would say I'm neither liberal or, or uh, conservative. Um, But it's like, dude, I actually, I actually kind of enjoy this little bit of Schoenfreud. And I don't know, that might be unchristlike, but like reading, because to me, I'm like, everyone's taking this so seriously that Elon Musk has, has essentially bought Twitter. Yeah, I, I, here's the reality. And, and I have the same view of Facebook and even YouTube to a great degree. People, you know, uh, people get so upset over a lot of these things. And, and again, I'm like more free speech is better than no, like limited free speech. Although that I do have limits, but I, I could care so much less about what happens to Twitter or to Facebook that if, if Facebook started like charging, I'd probably shut it down. I'm not paying for Facebook. It's not that important to me. I'm you not should, paying. You, you wouldn't know. pay for it. I promise you, you'd pay for it. No, no way. Yeah. Ch- I challenge, promise you. Challenge accepted. All right. Okay. Zach. If that, if that happens, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, just like Twitter, I don't care. I don't like, I don't care what happens. If, if uh, Elon Musk makes it more or less Gestapo, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> like, it's like, like, I'm just not personally invested in social media enough to really care what they do with it. It might on, be good, on, right? On either side. Yeah, it could so, be good. So I actually think, uh, b- believe it. So a lot of positive things have happened from social media, right, Mike? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think, by, but <laughs> I think more negative, more bad things have happened because of social media than positive so I think that if, hey, Twitter and or Facebook imploded on themselves, I think that would be a net positive. But there would be some negatives. Um, you know, our show right now, we broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. Um, but there are things out there where we could do it from a website. We could do it from here. You know, so this has just been the most expedient way for us because people are on social media. So uh, but really, man, I so I actually t- I don't know if anyone's responding to my tweets. I haven't checked, but I. I, t- I tweeted, I tweeted uh, earlier before I came on the show, like asking people like what, and I have like 
two followers, man. So I don't expect anyone to answer, but like, I, I want to know why people are genuine, genuinely upset. Like what, what, why is this upsetting to you? I imagine I have, I suspect it's because they think that there'll be no policing at all on, on Twitter. So um, there won't be like any fact checks. There won't be any um, checking for bots. Now, now here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm a hundred percent for free speech, unadulterated free speech, but we need to define what free speech is. So I think, I think there are a couple of dangers, right? So are there just bots out there that are, that are retweeting things or reposting things or trying to influence? We know factually, and I can tell you this as an intelligence analyst, like, yeah, yeah. Countries are using bots. Uh, like Russia is known to have used bots to, to, um, comment and influence um, thought patterns in countries around the world, not just in the United States. So policing that up to me makes a lot of sense. I don't think that that is impinging on free speech. Right. Um, putting out, putting out information, you know, to be incorrect, mm -hmm. knowing to be factually incorrect. Um, I, I don't think policing that, is infringing upon free speech because um, your opinion is not fact. <laughs> you know, um, opinion should be based on what you what you believe to be the facts, mm -hmm. but it isn't fact. So, um, I so I don't know what's going to happen on Twitter, but I'm like you. I don't care all that much. Mm -hmm. So, I was I was thinking about this a few weeks ago when you know we're all up in arms about cancel culture. And I'm like, every single human being, and, and mostly I'm thinking about the Western world, but everybody is okay with policing or cancel culture or censoring as long as it's something they're willing to censor. That's right. Because I, I've tried to have this conversation even in, in our church. I'm like, listen, if I were to stand up on a Sunday morning and say Jesus is not God. I would expect you to to call a special business meeting to have me fired. I would drive up there and punch you in the face. That's how much I love you. Because you need to censor me then. Because that is not what our church believes. That is not true. Okay. Um, and so I do not have un unabashed, unchallenged free speech as pastor of this church. I right. cannot say whatever I want. Um, and so even if I didn't say it from the pulpit, but I said it from my Facebook, they have a right to then t call me out on it. And if I hold to my guns and I don't repent, they can remove me for what I post. So wait, Mike, are you telling me, hold on. If you're telling me that you're a rear end on Facebook, if you're, if you're in social media, if you are calling people names or sharing misinformation about people you're telling me that your church should hold you accountable i think so yeah i agree i just wanted to. and i think we should all hold each other accountable for that uh, i've told my church i'm like if i i don't have enough time in the day to police people's facebook mm -hmm. but if i did i'd have more angry people at me than i already do M mike what so what's your view like as a pastor like when it comes to politics right so are you sharing like, do you feel comfortable if another pastor is sharing politics um, regularly on 
on Facebook or any form of social media? I am perfectly fine with it as long as they're willing to uh, take the pushback and not become mm-hmm. a dink, dink about it if someone mm-hmm. disagrees with them. So what do you think the tenor and tone should be um, reg- regarding that, right? Because I oh, think... yeah. I, yeah. Now, he- now here's the thing. I have to wrestle with this because I don't always have the greatest... T- it, it, I'm a horrible pastor. I'm not good at this pastor <laughs> stuff. Because on one side, I was just talking about this with uh, our secretary today. I'm like... You know, I can tend to be overly permissive, and that doesn't go well. But -hmm. on the other side, when I haven't been permissive, that doesn't go well either. So I don't know where I fit. Mm -hmm. I lean towards the more non-confrontational type of thing. And, and, you know, and and that's a a very glaring fault and strength, not a strength of mine. It's a huge weakness. Um, And so I used to be kind of the jerk on Facebook, and then I realized it wasn't really worth, worth it. Sometimes I... I falter on that. Uh, but I think all of us, whether we're a pastor or, or Christian in general, and I'm just talking to all of you, um, I just think in general uh, that our tenure and our tone on Facebook should be like we are actually talking to the person as if the person is sitting right across from us and having a discussion, not an argument, not meant to put somebody down or shut somebody up or to just vent our anger and frustration. I think it should be done with gentleness and respect and love, even on Facebook. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, <clears throat> I only half paid attention to what you were saying, Mike. Uh, don't get bit by that thing, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got a, mal- a, a mouse running around my, my uh, office down here. <laughs> So my kids that's, came down. I don't know why they came down, but all of a sudden they found a mouse. Uh, that's, I, I love that. That is awesome. So now he's trying to catch it with a bowl. I don't know where it is anymore. I, I guess we need to go to the store to get some uh, some mouse traps. No, no, I want to catch it. Oh, we're all right, kids. Shh. Oh, we're I gonna... see it. Where is it? Right there. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> really, Sorry. really glad you have a home office now, aren't you? Yeah, oh my goodness, man, <laughs> dude! Every time I turn around, there's some kind of problem. There's some kind of issue. Uh but it was a small mouse, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Jackson, you're not gonna whack it with a hockey I'm stick. Not. I'm trying to move it out. No, where? It? Why is it stuck over there? Yes. Oh, okay. Then you can try and get it. But then what are we going to do with the bowl, man? Watch it. Uh, don't no, – listen, don't get near it. I don't want you to get bit by the mouse. You're going to get like uh, what the plague or something. Uh, if, I ever, if I ever owned a rodent of any kind, I'd call it bubonic. <laughs> so, uh, so Mike, if you were saying something about uh, – what you're saying <laughs> uh, I'll just sum yeah. it up I think whether we're a pastor or not and whether we're sharing our political views or whatever we need to follow the the whole idea of doing it with gentleness and respect as if the other person is actually sitting in front of us having a discussion <laughs> uh, I just appreciate everyone's quotes from the last two minutes Jackson you're not going to whack it with a hockey stick Erica, that's from rats. 
I, I see. I told you it was from rats. No, she was quoting you. I don't. How do you know it's from rats, man? Rat, Ratatouille has a little short, uh, short on it. That's <laughs> talk about. And how do you know it's a mouse and not a rat, or a rat and not a mouse? Because it's smart. It could have been a baby rat. I don't know. I I don't know the difference between the two. Size. I'm not, I'm not a ratologist. Rats tend to have longer, pointier snouts. Yeah, man. Well, now I, now I'm just kind of like super distracted because I don't want any mice running over my feet. Uh, oh, I'm not like afraid of mice or anything. I just they're, they're dirty. Yes, that's it. That they're dirty. They're harmless, but they're dirty. Yeah, and it probably doesn't help that I have an open bag of uh, M and M's on my desk. Hey, put some of those down. Maybe you'll catch it. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, Mike. I, no, no, I'm not no okay. I'm not sure about M and M's with a mouse. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you a really. I'm going to tell you a really gross story that I've only told my wife. Back when I was just the youth pastor here at Blessed Hope, I had a box of cheeses that I left in my office. And one, one day, I happened to leave it on the floor of my office rather than uh, my desk. And so I came into the office, and I'm working a little bit. And, so, and then I open up the box, and I just start eating them. And I look down. <laughs> Not realizing that the box of cheese it's is full of ants, like those small little like oh, small little, like, oh, that's so gross. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so gross. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. What? Um. Oh, it went over here. All right, Ch chill, homie. I can't chill with your mouth. I was. Dude, just go upstairs. The mouse isn't gonna bother you. We'll just go buy like fifty rat traps or something. What? So okay. Hey, put in the comments. Put in the comment. What is the best kind of uh, mouse trap in mouse bait to get? I, I'm really interested. Dude, we've had this problem at our house regularly, and there's two mouse traps, like just the regular wooden ones with peanut uh -huh. butter and use peanut uh -huh. butter. Um, and the other kind are like the wooden ones but they're plastic reusable where you can kind of open them and just throw away the mouse wash it and then do it again okay they're black plastic yeah so i'm just gonna go with the throwaway ones because i'm not trying to mess around with like yeah i'll just yeah yeah just go the cheap round yeah <laughs> josh rice and the inner fat kid says do i keep eating the cheese it's or do i stop yeah um yeah, so I, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I guess that's what I'm gonna do after the show. I, I had planned afterward a two thousand word uh paper. Oh, oh, Jackson, Jackson, please stop, man. Dude, I get it. Okay, there's a mouse down here. You're I, not gonna catch it with a hockey stick. I can I can see you starting to get the way I get with my children. Like it's funny at first and now it's time for them to go away. And you're trying yes. because we're and because you're on a video camera right now, you're trying not to <laughs> <laughs> not to start to flip out on them. I'm, I'm trying not to cuss or anything like that. <laughs> I totally see it in you right now. I'm like, he's totally what I would be like with my children. <laughs> well, I'm also concerned that he's going to knock over my bookshelves, oh, man. Jackson. Jackson. Please. Please. Listen to me. Buddy. 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 It's no longer funny. Please stop. Jackson. Jackson. Look at me. Stop. Go upstairs, please. 
No, you can take the bowl now. You can take the bowl. Thank you. You can wash it too. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I, I saw a few levels of Eric parenting right there. And I love it because I so saw myself in all of that. So you are not alone, my friend. Well, like I give, I, I remember what it was like to be a kid. So like you get excited and, and whatnot. Cool. And like, I can understand, Hey, I tell you once you're super excited. It's hard for you to, to really, uh, <clears throat> to apprehend what I'm saying and apply it. Okay, fine. Fair enough. But once I tell you two or three times, okay, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's time to, you know, do what I've asked you to do. That's it. So, and I'm not a yeller. I don't yell at my kids for it. Like you, for me to yell at my kids, it has to be like, uh, a situation where one of them is getting hurt or literally they've gone off the deep end. Like they have just, so, and even then it's usually me raising my voice, not like, yeah. So when I was younger, when the kid and the kids were younger, that was different. Uh, mm -hmm. But the Lord's grown me in patience and, and whatnot. Yep. Okay, so here's an example, Jackson. You you got locked out. How did you get locked out? Guys, wait, it's locked up there. Yes. I don't have my keys. How are we gonna get upstairs? Huh? What do you mean the door upstairs? I'll be right back. <laughs> My kids might have locked us in the basement <laughs> with the mice. <laughs> Not mice, mouse. Oh, there's more than one. If there's and, one, there's, there's more than one. And by the way, Robin does not get out of work until 7 o'clock tonight. So on to add to the list of the things that need to get done at in this house, I'm going to have to wait, knock wait, wait, down wait. the door. So at any point right now, if you're down there, they could lock you down there. If you, yes. if you, if you don't have your keys. Yes, but I mean, they, yeah, but they would, if they did that on purpose, they would, <laughs> they would incur the wrath like they've never incurred the wrath. Um, dude. I have too much stuff I've got to get done for them to have locked us out of the house. But, like, not in the house. We're in the basement. But it's a cold basement, and all we have is a small space heater. And Robin doesn't get out of work till 7 and lives or works 30 minutes away. You've got, you've got a solid five. Five hours and 15 minutes, buddy. And there's no bathroom down here. <laughs> or, and all I have is uh, candy from, from Easter. To eat. <laughs> and just one, and one single water bottle. I recommend you stop drinking right now. <laughs> Send help. So there's no, like, other exit? Like, you don't have, like, a... Like an outdoor access or anything from? Oh, I do. I can. I like. I'm looking at. I can leave the house, right? Okay. So we have a walkout basement. Okay. Yeah. Well, the front door should be locked. <laughs> Josh saved the water bottle, <laughs> so I can walk outside. But to get up through the house, apparently the doors. Now, are you sure the doors locked? Your uh, sister wasn't just messing with you. Another 
I hear her upstairs. She got in somehow. That is unsettling. Go check and let me know. <laughs> oh, so you Lord said, Je- Lord you Jesus, said, Maranatha, come you quickly. Said you said he's around for eight more years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe less. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> Why not today, Lord? Why not today? Today could be the day he returns. So I won't have to worry about getting back upstairs. It's true. Yeah. Unless you're left behind, and then not only will you have to wrestle with the fact that you weren't raptured, (laughs) but you were also left in your basement. (laughs) Well, hopefully there will be some people left behind at the hardware store so I can get some rat traps. (laughs) Then I thought I just heard you upstairs walking around. That was the dogs? And the dogs have to go out so that they don't pee in the house. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Favorite Bible banter ever. <laughs> so we're obviously not going to get to the Trinity today. We were going to do like a quick intro on the Trinity. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking in cuss words right now. <laughs> See, you know how I keep uh, keep saying to you like everything's coming up, Eric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I think that has stopped, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jackson, I want you to hear this. Or Jackson and Adeline, someone comments: you can leave uh, any child at the fire station, no questions asked. Uh. Okay. Yeah. That, no yeah. thanks. That, that and puppies. Do you have a bobby pin? Uh, no, I don't have a bobby pin. Why <laughs> would I? Oh, why would I have a bobby pin? I'll be right back. How do you? How would? How would you even know how to pick a lock? It's not that difficult. Have you picked a lock before? I think so. Yeah, because I got locked out of my room multiple times. Okay, that's different. That's the one where you just have to press the single. <laughs> is is this deadbolted? Is this deadbolted, or is it just a lock on the on the doorknob? Because if that, you can credit card it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! All my credit cards are upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I got them right here. I got them right here. <laughs> no, where's she going? Oh my goodness! So, all right, um, yeah. So we'll have to do the Trinity next week. But uh, so, Mike, <laughs> is there even any? Uh, so I, I do want to. I so you read a book that uh, my church actually sponsored and gave to everyone who attended the AC Leaders Conference, and that book is simply Trinity by Matthew Barrett, who is um, a professor, a theology professor over at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, and you like you asked me, hey, what chapter should I read? I can't read the whole book. Um, and you and you read those parts last week. What were your initial thoughts, man? So I, I read the first chapter slash introduction, and immediately he won me over. Like I, I love his writing style. I love how he tries to simplify it. <clears throat> I love how he uh, illustrates things. It's not just a wordy uh, technical work. Um, 
and then and then I'm halfway through. I didn't make it through because the chapter's pretty long and I have a short attention span. But I'm halfway through his EFS chapter, Eternal Functional Subordination, Chapter Eight. I'm halfway through that, um, and so I, you know, it's probably the best treatment of so far that I've read of the Trinity that I've ever read. That's an, in an understandable way. Mm-hmm. And I and I shared with you on text message what would make any theological work better in terms of a glossary mm-hmm. of terms and yeah, and the other yeah. But that's all, you know, that's just gravy. Uh, but uh, I like the book so much that I hope to this summer when we don't have Sunday school as a church to take the time that I would normally prepare for Sunday school each week to develop basically a course with that as that book is our foundation, like a Sunday school class and start that in the fall over a course of the fall. Um, and I'm, I'm basically going to set it up and tell our church, listen, if you've ever had questions about the Trinity or not really sure how to articulate it or anything like that, and you choose not to come to this uh, Sunday school class, <laughs> then you are then you are your own fault. You're, it's your mm-hmm. own fault for not being able to explain things or understand yeah. things. Um, and that's going to be my goal is to kind of just kind of bring it all together and, and understand because what really shocked me was how popular like and i wouldn't have even necessarily thought this when originally reading all the systematic theologies i read in seminary and college but just how a difficult it is to not sound heretical and two how even um stepping stones to heresy can easily become accepted Mm -hmm. um oh yeah yeah, I think so. Th- <clears throat> there's almost a difference between like sounding like a heretic and being a heretic when, when it talks to when when you talk about the Trinity, right? So I think you can we can often try to talk about something and mean something differently because the what we mean by the words that we're saying can often be different than their typical meaning. Um, so so I think that's important to note. But this book is so good, Mike, because it is something that I think is readable for. Um, any layperson, it just depends, like your mental acuity and ability to learn mm-hmm. just w- w- will depend, or excuse me, your ability to read through like at a certain speed will depend on your mental acuity and your, in your ability to learn. So I think it's, I think he does a really good job at speaking to the layman, mm-hmm. but is backed by really excellent theological and academic scholarly research. Um, and I think he interacts, I think he tries to interact charitably with, mm-hmm. with like say in the EFS chapter. So he even shares in the beginning, I think it's the first chapter called Trinity Drift, where he talks about how one of the biggest purveyors of say EFS or ERAS, functional, uh, eternal functional subordination or eternal relations uh, eternal relations of authority and submission. Um, the one of the biggest purveyors was is Bruce Ware, who is a professor at, at Southern Seminary. Which, by the way, has really like the last couple of years. I used to have Southern Baptist Theological Seminary as one of the top seminaries uh, within the evangelical tradition. That has waned, um, and 
for a number of reasons, not just because of Bruce Ware, but for a number of other reasons too. And um, the author Barrett talks about, Hey, I, you know, I once held this view cause this is what was taught by my professor. But as I dug in and realized and started reading like, Hey, how has the church been talking about the Trinity for the last 2000 years? And you realize that this new, um, this new theory is, is something that's not cogent with really what the church has been saying for forever. Yeah, but anything before the Reformation and and anything not Augustine is probably too Catholic to really pay attention to. And that's some other folks on Twitter, right? Like that's the Owen Strands out there who's like, yeah, throw out Aquinas. You don't need to listen listen to Aquinas. Aquinas is one of the greatest theologians of uh, in all history. He he's on the Mount Rushmore, even though he's a Roman Catholic. You can still like disagree with someone. And appreciate what they do well. His I've only read bits and pieces of, of the Summa Theologica. That's his that's his theological work. Um, it's several volumes. It's it's incredible. But just the structure, the way he thinks, it's so powerful. It's so incredible. Um, but that doesn't mean like you take everything he. Has. You should never take anything uncritically. Examine what the person has to say, and and evaluate it based on their their evidence and their reasoning. Mm -hmm. So um, for folks like Owen Strand and others who I'm starting to call the, the reformed fundamentalists um, that really they, they value, they value their beliefs in women's roles more than they value their view of God. I think, um, I think those folks I've, I've not canceled them, but Mm -hmm. I've got no value for them anymore. I mean, they're just, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. I agree with you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> more, more concerned about leggings than they are of uh, orthodox views of God. Yeah. It's, but, it's insane. Anyway. Yeah. It's an, and listen, you want to make an argument about, what men should wear, what women should should wear as far as clothing is concerned. You're talking about a tweet from Owen Strand. Fine. Whatever. Hmm? Work out it, it work out you work out, you know, the Trinity first. Like like come come at me. Uh, I love I was actually in preparation for today's podcast that we haven't really dug into. I listened to a podcast from twenty sixteen um that was talking about how you know, these folks, the Owen Strains, the Bruce Wares, the Denny Burks, um, Wayne Grudem, that they've really rooted their their complementarianism, that is the roles of men and women in the church and in the home, they've rooted it in a faulty premise, and that is their understanding of the Trinity. Um, because they, they totally misunderstand the Trinity to the point where, you know, you... I, I got into a little back and forth today. I don't know that it's ended or not, but with, with um, a fellow Advent Christian. And they asked if, if I thought that they were lost, if they were not saved because they don't believe in the Trinity, because, I dis, because we disagree on the Trinity. And, and I responded, but I didn't, I didn't answer the question directly. I simply stated, like, if I believe God is Trinity, and I believe that's what the Bible teaches, and you believe God is not triune, 
then we believe in two different gods. The object of our worship is wholly different. I wouldn't say we're part of the same religion. I mean, we might be part of the same denomination, but we're certainly not worshiping the same God or part of the same religion. So these things, when we talk about the Trinity, when we talk about the nature of God, who God is, we're talking about the being in whom we worship, serve, and we've been sent out by. So this is incredibly important for us, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm encouraged because that you, I'm encouraged that you've read it. I'm encouraged that Bickford's read it, that some others have read it, that as people are reading it, they're going, oh, man, holy smokes, this is a lot bigger deal than maybe I once appreciated or I once realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. I've come to the conclusion, like, I'm not going to die on the hill of, of complementarianism and egalitarianism. I'm a committed complementarian. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to die on baptism. Um, I'm not going to die on on Reformed theology and Arminian theology or anything like that. But the the mound in which I, the hill I will die on, absolutely and without question, is the Trinity. And we need to take this more seriously as a people and as a de- and not only as a denomination, but within greater evangelicalism. Um, and if we're not willing to do that, then we're not willing to really truly serve the Lord. So, um, yeah. Josh Cheney says he has it in one of his piles. Josh, I'm incredibly excited about that. Um, let's move it to the, 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 the next to read pile. How about that? Uh, I have thought, like, Mike, what if we did, like, a, a reading group through Edmund Christian Voices? Like, we read one chapter over the course of a week or two and got together every couple of weeks to read those chapters and discuss. Because there, there, there are things to be critiqued from the book and questions to be asked. Maybe I'd have to think about that and like timing and, and if that actually gets any traction, but that would be super helpful as I'm preparing for this fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a thought. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe Josh will reach out. Um, tell me that you're proud of me for my piles. I'm proud of you for your piles, but isn't piles also like a, a, a term for um, hemorrhoids? I thought, uh, yeah. It kind of makes me it makes me feel weird saying I'm proud of you for your piles when piles is another term for him words. So yeah. Um talking about pains in the butt, Mike. Um I think it's time for us to go so I can go figure out uh <clears throat> figure out this whole door situation, whether or not I'm locked out my house, go find some mouse traps, and um I think before that, I got to put pants on. So, got lots, lots of stuff to do today. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you finally laughing about the whole pants joke? Yes. Okay, I, thank you. I'm laughing about all of it. I'm just okay. laughing about all of it. <laughs> so, um, I do have shorts on. I just don't have pants on. Like I said, my torso is on fire right now. My, <laughs> or no, my, my, the bottom half. My abdomen, what, whatever you call it, is on fire. My torso is not because of the, the space heater. So, yeah. Um, Mike, next week, <laughs> next week, uh, if I'm still alive um, and not in prison, we'll, uh, we're going to gather net. We're going to 
have our show on Wednesdays starting next week. Wednesdays at one. Yes. Okay. Um, because I start my new job next week. So my new job will be on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, so we will have our show on Wednesdays at one. So cool. Sounds like a plan. Next week we'll do our intro to uh, the Trinity. We'll discuss kind of like lay some of the groundwork. Maybe this mic, the, the podcast will help you as you develop your uh, your Bible study on, on Super Trinity. So Absolutely. For the fall. So Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Pray for my children that I do not murder them. Um, I'm obviously kidding. What I'm learning from the Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp trial is sometimes you need to be careful in how you make jokes, particularly in, in text message. Yeah. Um, clearly, you can't make jokes about murdering people um, in text message. You got to take them hyper literally. Yeah. Let's not joke about that at all. Yeah, yeah. So... Can can I tell you a quick funny story uh, about that? So um, prior to joining the army, I had a, I had a, well, I guess I've always kind of had a weird sense of humor, but I, I, like I was 18 years old and I used to joke, like if things weren't going well, I would just like be kind of super emo and make a joke and be like, Oh, this makes me want to kill myself. (laughs) Well, I used to say that like all the time, join the army I get to Afghanistan um, and like maybe the first week, something really crappy happened. And I said, oh, this makes me want to kill myself. The whole office stopped and everyone looked at me and they're like, we need to get the chaplain. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you yeah. so I was like, well, I'm kidding. They're like, you can't joke about that. You have a weapon with rounds of ammunition. Um and if you joke about killing yourself, like, and you end up killing yourself, we all lose our job. So, not good. So, anyway, I've learned. I don't make that joke anymore. Suicide is not funny. And apparently, you know, murdering people isn't funny either. So, I guess I should probably chill on that joke as well. So, <laughs> hopefully no one dies in my house today. So, all right. Yep. All right. Good. Goodbye, everyone. Anything, anything to add, Mike? No, I'm good. All right. See hey, God bless you guys. Wednesday. Take care. We'll see you Wednesday. <clears throat>